Good afternoon. I call this oversight hearing to order. Last month, we heard directly from tribal leaders and native health experts on the front lines of the fentanyl crisis that is devastating native communities across the country. We learned about the unique factors that complicate fentanyl response in native communities, such as checkerboard, criminal jurisdiction, minimal data, structural barriers to, resource, for, to resources for law enforcement, prevention, intervention, staffing, and housing. And yet Native communities are responding to the crisis with strength and determination, promising culturally-based practices and tribally-run dedicated treatment programs and recovery facilities for fentanyl misuse are on the rise and seeing great success. Our hearing last month was important not just for our work on this committee and in Congress, but also for the executive branch to better understand the situation on the ground and inform our next steps. That's why today's hearing with our federal panel is an important follow-up. We will examine the adequacy of federal resources to address the fentanyl crisis in Native communities from public safety to treatment and prevention. The United States must live up to its trust and treaty responsibilities to promote the health and well-being of American Indians, Alaska Natives, and Native Hawaiians. And that responsibility includes responding to modern threats, including fentanyl. So I'm looking forward to hearing about how the administration's national strategy to combat fentanyl actively considers Native needs, identifies gaps in resources and interagency coordination, and supports Native-led solutions. Before I turn to the vice chair for her opening statement, I'd like to thank all of our witnesses for joining us for this important discussion. Vice Chair Murkowski. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and thank you for convening this hearing, this second in a series on the fentanyl crisis. Uh, as you detailed at our November uh, hearing, we were able to hear from Native leaders and, and health experts on the challenges that they're facing as they work to end addiction and increase public safety efforts to stop the trafficking of these illicit synthetic opioids. We heard some pretty devastating statistics. Native peoples have the highest overdose, overdose death rates from synthetic opioids when you compare them to other racial and ethnic groups. In Alaska alone, the Alaska Native opioid overdose deaths increased by 383% from 2018 to just last year. This increase in abuse, misuse, and overdoses led the AFN, Alaska Federation of Natives, adopting a resolution last year calling for support and increased resources to combat this epidemic that we're seeing in far too many of our Alaska Native communities. We see calls to actions like this all across the country, uh, the 2023 National Tribal Opioid Summit recently released a report that includes some recommendations that I hope that we can get into today. As these illegal drugs continue to make their way into our country, we will continue to see spikes in overdoses and deaths. Drug traffickers are targeting our Native communities. I think that's what is particularly hurtful and harmful, is to know that they are specifically targeting our Native communities. They know that these communities are more rural. They know that they're more isolated. They know that there is less law enforcement presence. And they also know that they can make more money off of our Native people. 
Last month, I noted that a drug trafficking ring targeted hubs as well as smaller villages in Alaska. Some of these communities were relatively big in size, Sitka, Dillingham, Ketchikan, uh, but also small villages, Tyonic, Good News Bay, New Stuyahawk, Savunga, Togiak. These are communities where you have 500 people. And organized um, uh, multi-state drug traffickers are seeing an incentive to get to Native communities that struggle with a lack of law enforcement. It's unacceptable, and, and more must be done in response. With the federal panel here, we need to better understand what actions are being taken at the agencies when it comes to investigations, to seizures, and providing resources. We need to know how Congress can better support our federal agencies and Native communities to work together to address this crisis. So thank you all for being here today, and Chairman Schatz, uh, for the opportunity for continuing this important discussion. Thank you, Vice Chair Murkowski. Senator Cantwell for an opening statement. Thank you, Chairman Schatz, and thank you and Vice Chair Murkowski for your important work on holding this second fentanyl crisis hearing in Indian country, and thank you for your comments. I think Senator Murkowski's comments illuminated very well the challenge uh, that we face in dealing with the fentanyl problem specifically in Indian country. Last month, we heard directly from tribal leaders about fentanyl and the need to help protect members from this deadly drug. Today, we will learn the administration and what they are doing to help in the crisis. And I'm glad that United States Attorney Waldruff of the Eastern District of Washington is here. Thank you so much for being here and can talk directly about how it's harming communities in the eastern part of our state. Earlier this year, federal, state, local, and tribal law enforcement made huge seizures of drugs in eastern Washington. They prevented more than 100 pounds of drugs, 161,000 fentanyl-laced pills, from reaching the Colville and Yakima tribal communities. Last week, Kalispell tribe law enforcement officers seized another 18,000 fentanyl-laced pills in Airway Heights, just outside of Spokane, Washington. So make no mistake about it, the fentanyl crisis is a flood of poison entering Indian country and communities. And it is not a crisis that our tribes can face alone. We've heard about tribal leaders and their law enforcement agencies and how they are chronically understaffed and under-resourced. And in eastern Washington, just a handful of officers are responsible for patrolling thousands of square miles of tribal land, and they can't shoulder that burden alone. Another persistent issue is the lack of strong and consistent data on fentanyl overdoses across Indian country, and we need to do a good job of understanding that problem. This poses a huge hurdle for effectively directing federal resources, not to mention law enforcement and healthcare professionals, if we don't know how to accurately describe the crisis. As tribal communities everywhere confront, confront this crisis, we know that we need more support. Earlier this week, the National Portland Area Indian Health Board released its federal policy recommendations from the National Tribal Opioid Summit held in August. I know that NCAI will look forward to reviewing those issues. And the summit, I thought, was a a very good cross-section of people throughout the United States who were talking about how this was affecting their particular region. But we need more opportunities to do health and wellness. We need more partnership from the federal government on law enforcement and we need the tools to stop this product from arriving into our countries. 
I want to applaud our colleagues who went to uh, China and urged the Chinese government to stop production of the precursors that are used. And I think we've made some progress on that. I know that the president uh, met at a summit in San Francisco and had a similar commitment by the Chinese leader. And I hope that our colleagues, whoever is stopping or trying to stop the Senate provisions of the NDAA, the Fendoff Fentanyl Act, which is literally cracking down on the distribution of drugs by cracking down on the money sources. I know my colleague from Nevada knows this very well, but somehow somebody's trying to stop us from getting this over the goal line. I hope they'll just quit. I hope they'll understand that this is a tool that we need to get past. We need to crack down on these rings. We need to crack down on the money. Those pills that were just held up, this this is one 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 package of one delivery happening in our communities everywhere. So the seizure of this product could be greatly enhanced by stopping the trafficking, and we need to pass the Fendoff Fentanyl Act. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Are there any other opening statements? Uh, if not, we'll turn to our witnesses. Um, I'll introduce all the witnesses, and then uh, we'll begin our testimony. Uh, first, we have Adam W. Cohen, Deputy Director of the White House Office of National Drug Control Policy. We also are pleased to have Ms. Rosalind, uh, the Honorable Rosalind So, the Director of IHS at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. We're also pleased to welcome the Honorable Vanessa Waldriff, the U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of Washington State uh, in um, the U.S. Department of Justice, and Mr. Glenn Melville, Deputy Bureau Director, Bureau of Indian Affairs, Office of Justice Services at the United States Department of Interior. I'll remind you that your full testimony will be made part of the record. Um, please um, take no longer than five minutes, and no one's feelings will be hurt if you take even less than that. And um, with that, uh, Mr. Cohen, uh, please proceed with your testimony. <laughs> 